The Florida Gators' new depth chart is here for when they take on McNeese State this Saturday. Let's dive into it here on Locked On Gators. You are Locked On Gators, your daily podcast on the Florida Gators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Locked On Gators, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On Gators your first listen of the day. Every day we are available daily and free reviews in the podcast. Happy Thursday. I'm Brandon Olson. Find me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. Find all my written work with whole nine sports, Giants, Country, NFL 33. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On College for $20 off your first purchase. Also, if you want to save 20% with Florida Victorious, if you haven't signed up for that yet, do so. Use promo code LOCKED to save 20% off your first month. But today, we're talking about this Florida Gators depth chart that came out last night, like it does every Wednesday when there's a game on Saturday. Last week, it came out on Monday night because the game was on Thursday. Most notable thing there, Eugene Wilson III is getting the start at wide receiver couple reasons for that one Eugene Wilson looked like the most dynamic receiver on the field at any given point for the Florida Gators against the Utah Utes and in a game where not a ton of people making plays after the catch Eugene Wilson was making plays with the ball in his hands so Eugene Wilson getting the start there it's also important to note Marcus Burke is banged up he is on the uh, injury report listed as questionable he is also still on the depth chart at the bottom of the wide receiver spot and look, I think most of us agreed that he played a pretty solid game last week. So I don't want to look at this as a, as a uh, demotion for Marcus Burke in any way. I'm looking at it more as even if Marcus Burke is cleared, don't expect him to play against McNeese State, which should be the approach for a lot of these guys. I mean, you look at Kingsley Aguakin, at Kingsley Aguakin center, Jack Miller the third QB, Ty Bowman wide receiver. Tight end Tony Livingston, wide receiver Marcus Burke, wide receiver Khalil Jackson. The only player listed anywhere on the depth chart that's on that list is uh, Marcus Burke at receiver. And Kingsley Aguakin, I believe, actually is listed at center, but fully expecting him to not even actually be in the conversation to play just because if he's questionable now, that means he's not going to be at 100% when it comes time for game time. And if you're not at 100%, do you really want to burn your starting center against McNeese State? I would say no. So Eugene Wilson III getting the start at receiver. I, I And I also am not saying the Marcus Burke thing to diminish it. I'm more saying the Marcus Burke injury part to clarify that I do not believe Marcus Burke fell all the way down to the bottom of the receiver depth chart after one game against Utah, in which I think he played pretty well. I think this is Marcus Burke's banged up. We're playing McNeese State. Eugene Wilson impressed. Let's give him the opportunity there. There's another spot that changed on offense that I am going to be very excited for. And I I do think that this one is kind of a, let's see what he can do in a starting role. But also, he was this best or second best tight end on the field last week against Utah. Unless it's Saturday. Last week against Utah, Hayden Hansen over Dante Zanders there. It's weird because 
I feel like I saw everybody for the past year go, Dante Sanders shouldn't be starting tight end. Now it's Hayden Hanson. And they're like, ah, well, I don't want that either. It's weird. I feel like Twitter is just like everybody that they see, they're going to be mad about. But first off, bang for getting uh, Hayden Hanson right where he belongs. So I, I will say I'm excited for that. Obviously, I'm not even going to pretend that there's not a little personal feeling there because Hayden is, of course, with Locked On Gators every Wednesday. He joins the show. It will be during the season. We did it last season. So every Wednesday during the season, he's going to be here. Last week, he wasn't because of the Utah game being on Thursday. They were traveling. So that's why he wasn't there last Wednesday. But he was here yesterday. He will be here next Wednesday and every Wednesday following. So Hayden Hansen starting isn't even the the most exciting part of it for me here. It's Hayden Hansen and Jonathan Odom starting. That duo starting at tight end, I can't wait to watch them work. I understand Jonathan Odom run blocking. Didn't do a great job last week. I think that was a combination of a few things. One, they barely ran the ball, so it's very hard to evaluate. But also, I feel like he's very good working in line. I feel like last week they were kind of letting him go run in space. It looked like his knee wasn't really full go, but like he was still out there anyway. But I would expect him to improve as the season goes on because he's proven he's a solid blocker. At the very least, he's proven he's a solid blocker throughout his career. So the expectation should be, yes, Jonathan Odom is going to be out there blocking. So when I see this this huge tight end duo of Hayden Hansen and Jonathan Odom, I'm just thinking these two guys are going to catch freaking bodies in the blocking game. That's what I'm looking for. And I know that's not the exciting part for the huge majority of people, but there's a reason tight end is my favorite offensive position. Okay. It's because they get to do all the pass catcher stuff, but they also get to catch bodies. And so that's one thing I'm very much looking forward to with Hayden and Jonathan. I think having this duo specifically will help a lot in terms of run blocking, not being great. Maybe this year from the offensive line, which I do think they'll obviously clean it up. I think last week was just outlier. But I think that they'll get it together. But having Hayden and Jonathan Odom, two guys who are thought of more as blockers than anything else working out there, I think that's a fun duo to see. Just go, okay, we're basically on a run play, seven offensive linemen. That's that's how we're treating this. So I'm very much looking forward to that. But at the same time, I feel like they're both safety blankets in the passing game. And I'm saying safety blankets specifically. Like, I, like there's a good reason for that. I do not think either of these guys are, are really going to be cooking people downfield. I think that they're, they just have to be there for Graham Mertz. And that's how Graham Mertz has used tight ends in his career. The one time he really used a tight end that was like, hey, I'm going to get downfield and do it was Jake Ferguson. Every other time that Hayden had, that uh, Graham Mertz has had a tight end that he's thrown to quite frequently, they've been these safety blanket kind of guys. So if Hayden and Jonathan Owen can do that, you just have to get the first down. We have Eugene Wilson the third. We have Ricky Pearsall. We have any other receiver you want to put out there. Caleb Douglas, Aiden Mizell, Andy Jean. I don't care who it is. They can be the downfield guys. But having the safety blanket at tight end, especially when they're two big dudes, like, like we have with Hayden and Jonathan Odom, that's a fun tight end duo. I, and I realize fun is, is a lot of Florida Gators fans, when you think fun, you're thinking Arliss Bordingham. I'm not. I'm here talking about this duo that's going to be starting this week. And again, they can catch bodies in the run game against McNeese State. I fully expect them to be doing that. And it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm not going to lie. I'm, I'm very much looking forward to that. 
So if they could just show up and do their jobs, they're an automatic upgrade to what we saw last year at tight end and what we saw even for the first half last week. Like this is a tight end room that desperately needed some juice in it. And I'm hoping this, even if this duo doesn't work out, just all switching things up and just being like, okay, we need to find something new is good enough for me. Just, just trying to figure things out and trying to improve is good enough for me. And, and experimenting in a week where you have the luxury of experimenting. That's one thing that I'm going to look forward to. And I'm going to say, yeah, that that's, I appreciate just swinging when you get the chance. We'll look at the defensive side, which didn't change much, but something really desperately does have to change on defense. Before we talk about that, these days, every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. And you want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free with simple tools like screening questions. It makes it easier for you to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so that you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires for leading competitors. So post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. That's linkedin.com slash college. Post your job for free. Terms and conditions do apply. Thanks again for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day every day. We are available daily and free wherever you listen to podcasts. Now, I mentioned the defense. There weren't really many changes on the defensive depth chart at all. Defense played well. No denying that. Every side of the ball had a few screw-ups, few miscues. I know that people are finally coming around to the first place 70-yard touchdown, which it's like we were talking about this in the Lockdown Gators Discord, which the link is in the description below if you want to join. But we were talking about this in the Lockdown Gators Discord yesterday. I don't know why anybody was ever like, oh, RJ Moten sucks because of the coverage play. The coverage was fine. I disagree with his decision, but I understand it. My issue is never him coming up to help the crosser. Again, I wouldn't have done the same thing. Like I mentioned, I used to play safety. I was always like, I don't care what happens underneath. You're not going over top. And I understand a lot of people share that same sentiment, especially when you're playing cover one. However, he came up when Miguel Mitchell got beat on the crosser. Then let's ask you, the bad thing wasn't coming up for the crosser. The bad thing was on his way back over top to help Jason Marshall. He then took out Jason Marshall. And that's not something that we're really going to hold against RJ Moulton long term. That's silly to do. It's just a friendly fire happens. He wasn't like, you know what I'm going to do? Take out Jason Marshall. Like Friendly fire happens every now and then. And the Florida Gators have seen it happen on both sides of the ball. In the past, what, decade, we've seen it happen a couple of times with offensive linemen. So friendly fire happens. That was the funny thing about the play. That was the really bad thing about the play involving R.J. Moton not coming up to cover the crosser. I don't think people with brains are going to really fault him for that, or people with football brains are really going to fault him for that, especially if you've ever been in that situation. Now, with that being said, there wasn't a change on the depth chart here, but Sharif Denson is expected to play this weekend at star. Billy Napier said that he expects him to change. He's still listed as third, but a couple things. One, I believe that with Jaden Hill and Jadarius Perkins listed as the or starters, when we do 
eventually see Florida hopefully separate from McNeese State. And you go, all right, bring in the young guys. Sharif Denson should be the first guy onto the field at star. Will be the first young guy onto the field at star. Sharif Denson is someone that we were talking about last year when he committed to Florida as, hey, he's going to be someone that you're probably going to see play quite a bit in his freshman year. He's got that kind of skill set. He's ready for that. So I think what better time to show that than this week against McNeese State. So Sharif Denson is expected to play at star. He did not last week. Last week, Jaden Hill had the huge majority of snaps at star. It was Jaden Hill and Jadarius Perkins played, I believe it's six snaps last week. No Sharif Denson. That's going to change this week. I would assume even if it's not like an absolute blowout early on, I would expect to see Sharif Denson play at least a little bit because again, like I mentioned with offense, if you're going to experiment, if you're going to just try things out and you're going to just throw combinations of people out there, this is the week to do it. More than any other week, this is the week to do it. So Sharif Denson will likely play quite a bit at star this weekend. However, the most important change that we need to see on the defensive side of the ball, one, cannot be listed on the depth chart, and two, is impossible to see if it's a change that's going to be made until we get to game time and we see that change being made. It's defensive calls. It's Austin Armstrong. Austin Armstrong, defensive calls need to get in sooner. Okay? When the, when the defense was set last week, they played pretty well. When they got set before the snap and they had their plays like, like knocked down, they did pretty well. I understand last week against Utah was a new system. I understand last week against Utah was Austin Armstrong's first time calling the defense in a live game, not the spring game, not a scrimmage, a live game against an opponent that hates you. Last week, I get it, was the first time that happened. With these defenders, at least. I know he did it at Southern Miss. But you have to be quicker than what we saw. Oh, you got to be quicker than that. You have to be quicker than that when you're calling your defensive plays. Because, again, I mentioned this literally the, the day of. We could see it. It was so clear. There were multiple times where the entire defense is just looking, just staring off to the sideline. And they're just watching. And the camera cuts to Austin Armstrong. And he's talking. He's communicating. He's giving the calls. And the whole defense is just looking at him. While Utah's getting set, like they're getting ready to snap the football. That has to be the biggest change on defense. Defense, you played well last year, last week, when you were given the play call with enough time to adjust and get ready and be able to actually situate yourself before the snap happened. That was great. What we need to see this week is the calls coming in quicker. That needs to be the biggest change because that that's just that's gonna kill you. Like, yeah, against McNeese State, you could probably get away with it. You didn't get away with it against Utah. Against McNeese State, you could probably get away with it. But you play Tennessee next week. Tennessee is one of the most up-tempo teams in the country. And if you don't get a call in quick enough, or if you don't have some kind of game plan in there, I don't care if you say. 
against uh, Tennessee next week. I don't care if you say, hey, they're going to go no huddle. They're going to go really fast. And instead of me trying to get a call to you across, here's what we're going to do. We're going to come out in country cover three. And then if they go no huddle, we're going to come out and cover one. And then if they go no huddle again, then we're going to go back to cover three. And if they come out and, and then if they go no huddle again, we're going to cover three again. Just have a game plan set up to go, hey, if this drive goes six plays without a stoppage, we need to have a plan. Because if you're going to need that long to communicate your call, you're going to get killed. Tennessee is going to kill you. LSU is going to kill you. Georgia is going to kill you. If you need, if you have that holding you back, communication from the defensive coordinator to the defense, that is going to destroy you. No other way around it. Defense, again, they played well when they had the call in front of them, when they had the call ready. Far too often against Utah, did they not have that? Can't happen again. Absolutely can't happen again. That's a do or die thing. And if that's going to be, then you're dead. And and yeah, it's just, it's as simple as that. Then you're dead. We are going to talk about some changes that I need to see on the offensive side of the ball for this coming week. Before we talk about that, We are two days away from the Florida Gators home opener in Gainesville, Ben Hill Griffin Stadium, the Swamp right there against McNeese State. If you're looking for tickets this late in the process, guess what? That's not a problem at all. Game time is the place for last minute ticket deals. The game time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. And if you find tickets in the same section and row for less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. Snag tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On College for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Terms do apply. That's code Locked On College for twenty dollars with Game Time. So download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest prices guaranteed. Thanks again for making Locked On Gators your first listen of the day. Every day we are available daily and free wherever you listen to the podcast. I mentioned. Last segment, defense, you got to get the call in quicker. That's my biggest thing. I have really just, I'm, I'm like this, I, I feel like I am stressed out by coaching decisions that need to be made about the Florida Gators. And I am not getting paid hundreds of thousands of dollars to do that. So, yeah, that's where we're at. Biggest change I need to see on the offensive side of the ball? One, please, Billy Napier. Rob Sale, Darnell Stapleton, Jabbar Jalik. I don't care who it is. Please. And this is going to sound like the most boomer thing ever. Run the damn football. Okay? Just just run the damn ball. I don't care what it is that you got to do. Run the football. You have Montrell Johnson. You have Trevor Etienne. Run the ball. And I, I know that I've talked about this, I think, every day this week, aside from yesterday. I don't care. I'm going to say it until they get it right. Run the ball. I understand Utah stacked the box. I do not care. At a certain point, you have to accept they're going to stack the box. We cannot let the opposing defense dictate what we are going to do on offense. If they have eight in there, eight, eight in the box, Run it wide and try to get out wide. 
or just go right up the gut and say, hey, yeah, we're going to punch you in the mouth with our five offensive linemen, our one or two tight ends, and our running back is going to handle anybody else who's trying to make that tackle. You need to run the football if you want to win football games in Gainesville, okay? You need to run if you want to win. So please, run the damn football. Because if you don't, tough cookie. Like, like then this year is going to really suck. Because this team is not built to be an air raid offense or the 2020 spread that we saw with the Florida Gators where they're just throwing the ball everywhere with Kyle Threat. You're not built to do that. You need to run the football if you want to win games. I said this going into the season, and my goal has not changed. My expectations have not changed. Be bowl eligible. Okay, and I understand that if you're the type that was pessimistic or down on Florida going into the year, then week one, that that just confirmed your priors. That just reaffirmed your feelings. I get that. I understand if week one changed your opinion, then what I'm saying right now is not going to be changed this Saturday against McNeese State. You're going to have to show it against Tennessee. I get that. My opinion has not changed. This is a team that should be bowl eligible. That is the, my expectation. Okay? If you want to do that, run the football. When you do throw the ball, because I'm not saying to go triple option or anything, I'm fine with screen passes. I'm fine with a lot of what we saw. I would use this game against McNeese State as an opportunity to let the deep ball fly. I understand Graham Mertz does not have the reputation of, oh yeah, he's going to sling this thing over them, their mountains. I understand that. However, I'm more interested in seeing how the offensive line holds up on the deep passing game. Because I've said before, Graham Mertz is not an elite quarterback. He doesn't have an elite arm. He's not going to throw the ball 45 times frequently. He's not going to throw the ball 35 plus yards downfield frequently. I understand that. We don't need him to do that frequently. We just need it to happen every now and then. So my bigger concern there is the offensive line not giving him time to do that because we saw this for three years at Wisconsin. We saw this last week against Utah. Graham Ertz is not good at extending plays with his legs or just evading pressure. I know the play that's been going around where Damian George got beat off the right side and then Jonathan Odom gave up a sack on the left side. I Yeah, I get it. But this week, you're playing McNeese State. You have to try and throw the football because if you can't get time to throw against McNeese State and you're the Florida Gators, pack it in because this is going to be a really long, really crappy season. You need to be able to get it going. Even if I understand it's McNeese State. I don't care. Throw the football deep. Try to get some kind of rhythm, some kind of confidence. See what Caleb Douglas is really going to do with more jump ball opportunities because he destroyed that DB with Utah. Let him do that more frequently. Give him the opportunity to do that. So yeah, when we talk about what coaching changes need to be made, everybody wants to go, offensive coordinator, change this. That crap isn't happening after week one. Russ Calloway, let him call plays. That's not happening after week one. We're talking realistic changes. Run the football. Try to throw the ball deep when you do throw the ball against McNeese State because you need to figure out if your vertical passing game can be threatening at all or if you're going to be screens, run the football, lose a bunch of football games. That's it. 
Thanks for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. Every day we are available daily and free every listen to the podcast. We'll be back tomorrow to talk more Florida Gators football versus McNeese State. For Lockdown Gators, I'm Brandon Olson. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. Find all my written work with Whole Nine Sports, Giants, Country, NFL 33, and I'll see you all tomorrow.